Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Hura Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. So we have Dom back again, and Dom, it is an honor to have you back again, my friend. And I honestly, I just wanted to open the whole floor for you, man, to talk about whatever you wanted. And if you are okay with me talking with you, I'll absolutely do that too. Okay. Right on. Okay. Well, um, I think I want to start this off by um, clarifying a few things from the last podcast. Sure. Was that um, when I talked about the death of my, uh, my brothers, um, they were actually my cousins. Mm-hmm. And they weren't actually my biological brothers or anything. But, no, but that's, just, that's just how Native families are, is mm-hmm. that like, we're, we're so close to each other and we want to you know, keep close relations so mm-hmm. we take each other as siblings, especially cousins. So yeah. it's, it's a normal thing among us. But um, yeah, my, my older cousin, um, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. You know, we played toys together, we played video games together, and comic books, and I mean, just childhood things. So we were always close and he was uh, four years older than me, I think. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. four years older. But um, he took me as a little brother, mm-hmm. but you know, in the the Stony way, the Sioux way, they I was technically his nephew, in their way. But like you know, like in reality, we took each other as brothers. Yeah. So it's what he did was took me as a little brother. I took him as an older brother. But we kind of drifted apart for a while, and while we were drifting apart, I I became close with my other cousin, and we started becoming more closer. So then we took each other as brothers. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I call someone my brother, it's more of like a highest, highest honor, like respect. Mm-hmm. And I gave that to Josh and he took me as a brother too. Even my uncle Kenneth, he told me, you know, this is your brother, you know, take each other as brothers and yeah. you guys, you boys be close. And that's what we did. So yeah, like, you know, I, I didn't want to, I don't mean no disrespect to like family to his mother, his father, you know, his brothers, mm-hmm. and then to his mother, to his siblings and his family. But that's how much I respected them because mm-hmm. they were my brothers. And another thing I wanted to clarify was that, um, that my parents, they're not like these, you know, hoodlums or ghetto people, right? Mm-hmm. But just these, just these days, like, you know, like, over the last eight years, they've been, you know, working on their sobriety, you mm-hmm. know, they're sober, they kick their habits, and they're working hard to provide for us. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
You know, we didn't even have a car eight years ago, but now we do. Yeah. You know, my parents are driving around. So, like, I really admire and appreciate them for all the hard work and the sacrifices that they had to make. Mm -hmm. So, that's I, just one thing I want to clarify. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I, I, I remember you talking positively about your parents, though. Yeah. And that they were sober and, and working on their stuff. And that's, I appreciate you mentioning that, especially about your cousins, right? Because, to be honest, I would not have known. Yeah, you, yeah, no, it's yeah. Just, you know, it's you know... Maybe some natives would understand what I was saying, mm -hmm. but like non-native people, they would automatically think like my biological, you know, yep. brothers. And I didn't want to get the impression that, you know, my parents were ghetto and that my brothers were ghetto and they died of street violence. It wasn't mm -hmm. like that. It mm -hmm. was, they were my cousins and they made their own choices, mm -hmm. you know, so like, that's what I want yeah. to clarify. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. And like, I don't know, but just, just recently... I've been dealing with a lot of personal things like mm. betrayal, distrust, and all that. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see, last time I was here, I was with Michael, yeah. my best friend, oh, so-called best friend. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened between us was that um, we, well, I thought he understood or was supportive in what I was doing, mm -hmm. you know, with the whole activism, the mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter and all that. Like, he was my number two, my right-hand man. Mm -hmm. So he, know, he knows what I was doing. He knows my, my reasoning for everything I've been doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been there, like, when I, through my darkest times. He's seen me grieving and all that. So me, childishly thinking that he understood, you know, what I was doing, but he didn't, he, we, he, he completely disrespected me in the most, like, hurtful way, mm. like, because the whole argument started between me and him was, um, last year, October, mm -hmm. did you hear about that, uh, that school that walked out in protest? Yes. Yeah, but the, the teacher that was explaining the black licorice that uh, she... I did not hear that. Oh, oh what she did was um, she was explaining what black licorice meant back in her day. And back in her day, it was called N-word babies. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the black students were really mad and you know, hurt because of that. So they walked out in protest. Mm -hmm. And my friend, he lived right across from that school. So he saw all those students walk out. And he asked me if um, I saw anything or heard anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I told him, yeah, you know. Then he was like, he started to make a joke about it. But then I told him, like, when we were in high school together, I wish students or kids like us did that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because there was a lot of racism and discrimination when I went to high school. Mm -hmm. So to see the younger generation do that, it made me, like, happy. Because, like, you know, these kids are not going to take that racism. Like, mm -hmm. they're taking it seriously. So I explained to him, like, I wish we... I wish we were organized like that, you know, mm -hmm. but um, he specifically told me that if he's going to be marching and protesting and being political, that it's going to be for real crisis. And I asked him, like, Rick, what do you mean, like, real crisis? And he was like, well, you know, like, police brutality, racism, uh, Black Lives Matter, and that are not real issues. And 
it hurt me. It, it set mm. up a nerve because mm -hmm. here you are by my side, you know, coming, coming to a podcast to talk about this stuff mm. and supporting my stuff that I post online. But you're going to say these are not real issues, mm. you know? So like, where does our friendship stand, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it really, really upset me because this is, this is my best friend of five years, mm. five whole years of friendship and brotherhood. But yet he says that what I, what I was doing or am doing is not important or mm. it's not real crisis issues. So I went off on him, you know, I explained mm -hmm. to him, like, what about missing murdered indigenous women, mm -hmm. you know? What about police brutality? You know, I, I, I went to detail, residential schools and all mm -hmm. this, and he still was in denial about everything. Mm -hmm. And he right away told me, believe what you want. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. I hate that when a person says, believe what you want, because they're going to believe what they want. They're mm -hmm. not going to be willing to listen to the other person mm -hmm. and you know their perspective they're just gonna sit there and believe whatever they tell themselves well it's a shutdown right yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what he did and yeah. right then and there i cut him off completely mm -hmm. i blocked him i removed him i haven't talked to him ever since and for a for a while there i felt bad because you know my best friend of five years and i just cut him off like that mm -hmm. but then again i had to remind myself that the more you want to evolve, the more you want to change and become a better version of yourself, you're always going to be on another level, you know, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And the more you level up, the more people you're going to leave behind. Mm -hmm. And most people are not going to be on the same level of thinking as you are, mm -hmm. you know, like especially, especially spiritually. For sure, because everyone's at a different spot, right? Mm, Depending like, on where they are in their life at that moment. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. So me wanting to be wanting to be better you know like because i used to have those misogynistic sexist you know like you know values you know mm -hmm. being a young teenager you know what i mean and hiding my racism in dark humor mm -hmm. you know like sure it was like funny then but when you're trying to be mature and grown that's not funny, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, especially when it comes to those type of issues. Mm -hmm. It's not funny. I don't, it doesn't get funny no more. I'm with you, man. It's, it stopped being funny a long time ago, man. Yeah, and yeah. But some people. Some of that shit was never funny to begin with, to right? To begin with, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to justify it. No, that. no, I yeah. just wanted to make sure that I said that because I'm getting chills because some of it was never funny, mm -hmm. right? Unless you were a bigot. Yeah, so yeah. like, it, you want to change, you know? You want to, mm -hmm. like, you feel guilty for the, some of the things that you laughed at or mm -hmm. laughed with yeah and me hitting that point of maturity made me want to be better than that but mm -hmm. some people especially him they still cling on to those that high school mentality mm -hmm. you know that immature mentality and i don't want to be as, if me doing what i do i cannot be associated with someone like that mm. so it was either sacrificing my values and my beliefs just to be friends with someone like that mm -hmm. or it was sacrificing a friend like that to keep my values intact mm -hmm. and i chose the second option yeah because i wanted to, i wanted to be better and i still am and i know like mm -hmm. i'm young but i, I will make mistakes mm -hmm. but i'm always trying to improve on that
And and they say, man, like activism can be a very lonely process, right? Like it can be a very lonely profession, man, right? Because it's hard. First of all, it's hard for you to maintain your like level of engagement, right? Because it's emotional, you know, and it's true. So you couple all those things, it's hard. And then some of the people around us will be impacted by that, that difficulty, right? And, and to some, it's just too much, you know, but thankfully it's not too much for you right? Because th you're the one who has to live with it, what you do every day, right? Mm. And I'm grateful that you're doing what you do. I, I know, I don't know your full life, but I'm grateful you're doing it. Because you're teaching me, dude. I don't know who else is less learning, but I know I am. And I'm ignorant, man. So like being able to um, help me, I appreciate it. So, but yeah, it, it becomes a lonely endeavor, man, activism, right? Yeah, it's, it's draining. It's, frustrating it's joyful too mm -hmm. but it's it comes with the bad you know the good mm -hmm. and negative the yin and yang that's what it's just all about yeah and like like for me like for me i feel like i i can't take breaks for, like because if i take breaks people are going to question my leadership or mm -hmm. like you know like my my level of commitment and, but if I don't take breaks, I will burn out completely. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And just start saying stuff that I don't mean, you know, and start losing myself yep. completely. So like me, I kind of find balance with my posts. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I like to, you know, sit there and talk about like the indigenous issues and then like the police brutality, mm -hmm. but I post a meme, you know, a funny meme. Mm -hmm. So like, I like to balance that with humor now, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So to keep it balanced and not, you know, completely burn out and like, yeah. you know, gotta keep that's important. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that too. And the other day I, I laughed out loud at something you posted, man. And then I realized I probably shouldn't be laughing at that. Like that, that's probably like one of those things that I'm not allowed to laugh at. And so I like, I liked it, but then I took away my comment cause it made me laugh out loud. And I was like a little embarrassed cause it's probably one of those where had it not been you, I wouldn't have laughed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it had not been used posting it. I would have been like, especially if it was like a white guy or something like that, right? I'd have been like, mm, no chance. But it's weird, man. I, I still felt like I shouldn't have laughed, right? Because it's like really some of that stuff is just not funny, right? When you're not able to own that, right? Like, because it's not mine. Yeah. And, and it's not, yeah, like it's just so, but it was pretty funny. So I wanted to tell you that because it was really funny. And I was like, I spit water out like when I, <laughs> when I saw it. So, but I deleted my comment because I thought, man, I probably shouldn't be able to laugh at this like this, right? Yeah. yeah well, but one thing you got to understand about Native people is that what kept us going all these years is our humor mm -hmm. and, like, you know, our inside jokes. Yeah. And to non-Native people, like, you, you kind of need to be inside the joke in order to get it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so totally. In humor, it's universal. And yeah. especially among Native communities, it's how we actually healed. Mm -hmm. And like most native communities would say laughter is good medicine. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like to balance out my posts with like humor and the activism yeah. and stuff. Right. That's, it's so true. Right. It's such good medicine, man. It is. Yeah. It just, it helps. I don't know, get through all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. You right? know, I mean, like as much as there's hate out there and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. you, you got to keep that good sense of humor and you got to mm -hmm. keep your sense of pride intact together. Or else, you yeah. know, because, what kept us going is our humor. And if you don't have that, 
they're going to take it away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we, we got to be able to laugh at certain things. Yeah. You know what I mean? But having that maturity of knowing what's funny and what's not. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, knowing what go, what's too far, right, mm -hmm. and what isn't too far. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm really sorry it's so hot in here, man. No, it's, it's okay. I'm watching you wipe your, your brow and your lip, and I'm like, yeah, I'm dripping. <laughs> Start no, it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of nerve-wracking, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's cool. It's okay to be nervous. I'm nervous every time I do this, too, man. Like, it doesn't matter how many times, <laughs> so far at least, <laughs> right? Um, so what are some stuff that you're, like, focusing on right now? Because, I mean, obviously, man, like, I hate to even ask about it, but obviously one thing I don't want to do is not talk about the residential school findings because I don't want it to go away. I want people to be thinking about this crap, right? Of like course. the fact that this is an abomination of our nation, of like whatever church you want to blame. I mean, most of them are the same in terms of this, right? Like, um, so yeah, like I can't even fathom it, man. I can't even fathom it. It's, um, it's, it's actually like it, it's very, very, it hits close, close to home. Mm -hmm. Like not just on an emotional level, but a spiritual level, a mental level, mm -hmm. and sometimes a physical level, you know, like when they first announced that they found, what was it? Like 215 at Kamloops. Yeah. I couldn't eat for almost a few days oh, because almost. I felt like sick. Like, yeah. In a, it was like a punch to my stomach. Fucking disgusting, man. And not only that, too, it's like, it's every Native person. Every Native person that you talk to or you interacted with mm. has some sort of connection to residential schools. Mm -hmm. So it's not just an isolated problem. This, yeah. is an this is a national problem yeah. with every Indigenous community. So, you know, and when, when you read nasty comments like, you know, ignorant white people sitting there saying, oh, the children died of whatever, or I'm trying to make excuses and justify yeah. the deaths of those children. Yeah. When they don't know what our grandparents, you know, in some cases, pa our, our parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when people sit there and say, get over it, and it happened to your ancestors. Or that never happened. Yeah. This happened to our grandparents. Yeah. And our relatives. So, and like you said, not that far removed. It is not um, like, yeah. like in my case, me, I'm a second generation uh, residential school survivor mm -hmm. because my parents, their parents went to residential schools mm -hmm. and their grandparents went to residential schools. So I'm not even that far off from that. Mm -hmm. And like people won't know or won't understand the pain or grief. And it hurts us when when we, we get told that because it's insulting to our grandparents mm. to what they went through and you wouldn't tell a holocaust survivor that the holocaust was fake mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's the same pain it's that same frustration and you know what's frustrating is there are people who do deny it mm -hmm. right and that's what yeah that's that's what just gets me upset yeah they deny the holocaust they deny everything right because i mean and that is that's insulting. You're right. It's insulting to every generation, right? That had to go through this shit, right? Yeah. Unreal, man. And it all goes back to residential schools. Like, no matter mm -hmm. what you try to make out of it, it all leads back to it because, mm -hmm. you know, you had, they, they, they tried, they tried to wipe us out. Mm -hmm. And when they couldn't succeed, they made treaties with us. 
And when they made treaties with us, they still took the kids, mm. you know. And when they took the kids, it didn't end there. They tried to assimilate them, beat mm. them, you know, abuse them physically, sexually, and emotionally. Mm. And when, when, when those kids grew up, there was two ways it could go. Mm. One person could have been like, you know, I'm not going to let my kids suffer through what I went through, right? Mm -hmm. And they did their best to not be or project what they went through onto yeah. their kids. Or the other one went where they were so indoctrinated and so um, manipulated and brainwashed that they started abusing their kids. Mm. And then, you know, the alcohol, the mm. drug use, and it's just this ripple effect that just goes on throughout each generation. Yeah. And to the ones that are dealing with like their addictions and the alcoholism, th those are products of the residential schools. Mm. And non-indigenous people will only look at them as alcoholics and drunks mm -hmm. rather than, you know, remnants of that, of that past. Mm -hmm. And humans who are obviously suffering, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I just, it never, um, it never gets easier, man, to learn that your country and that, that people have treated human beings like they're not human, right? Like it just never gets easy to accept that. You know, um, and I'm glad that it doesn't because we we need to get past this shit, man. Like mm -hmm. we need to get past denying it and avoiding dealing with this, right? Like it's just it's time to to like embrace each other and deal with this fucking shit, right? So that we can move forward with each other. I just don't understand it, right? Every time someone denies this shit, man, it puts us back another however far, right? On the whatever you want, someone wants to call reconciliation, right? That's a bullshit word, man. Mm -hmm. You know, so far it's been a bullshit word. You know, just a word that has no meaning to our government, right? Like no real meaning. And definitely not to some of the churches, right? Um, uh, it, sorry, man, I, I totally interrupted you, but you know how I am. With no, this, no, it's okay. I, I, I start bubbling and... <laughs> yeah. No, but um, like another thing too is the whole like compensation and reparation right mm -hmm. a lot of people will sit there and like think that us natives are looking for another free handout or another free government check right mm -hmm. and like just stuff like that but it's not even like that it's we're not looking for another handout mm -hmm. we're looking for what's owed to us mm -hmm. you know you are occupying someone's homeland mm -hmm. you're bound to pay some rent mm -hmm or something like think about it. another good example would be nazi germany mm. after the after world war ii germany paid reparations to the jewish like to the jewish people mm -hmm. i don't i don't see that happening with us mm -hmm. just recently uh, on the news um a few weeks ago i i heard that australia paid one billion dollars to the indigenous people there mm. and i think that's a good start yeah but i that, agree but, but like again it's not about the money and it's not about because money won't ever fix what happened. It mm -hmm. won't. That pain will still be there mm -hmm. even when we have that money. Mm -hmm. But it's what's owed to us. Mm -hmm. You know, you put s over 6000 indigenous children, young as four years old or even younger into the ground. Mm -hmm. And you're going to expect us to take it. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Right? And it's ongoing. Yeah. It's ongoing. Actually, I got some statistics right here, too. Oh, right on, man. 
So these are the Canadian statistics for residential schools. The odds of dying for kids in Indian residential schools were 1 in 25. The odds of dying for average Canadians serving in World War II were 1 in 26. Wow. You had more of a chance to die in residential school uh, just like war. World War II. Yeah. So that says something. Yeah, man. That's horrible, man. And I'm not surprised by that, but that's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's fact. You yeah. know what I mean? And these are things people can easily look up if they put the effort into mm -hmm. instead of just basing what they see on other people's comments mm -hmm. or what other people say. Yeah. And it wasn't just the abuse and stuff like that in residential schools. They did experiments on indigenous children, mm -hmm. nutrition experiments. Mm -hmm. And that's disgusting. Yeah. You know, to be to be to be to know that this Canadian government conducted experiments on us like we weren't human, where mm -hmm. like we were just guinea pigs to them, and that makes me sick. Man, man, that's sickening, dude. There's nothing positive about that, and it's horrible. Like, mm -hmm. what's and then what makes it even more horrible? And I'm sure I can't imagine how horrible on your side of things, right? Like, but what makes it more horrible in general is people denying the shit, pretending like it's not everywhere you look, right? Like that it's not still going on, that there still isn't drinking water, right? Like that there still aren't things that can be changed that just aren't being changed, right? We know they can be changed. We've heard politicians say it. If it was like a city, they'd have water the next day, mm -hmm. right? There'd be efforts to re-clean re the water, to all this stuff. I, I just... And that's one issue, man. That's just one thing, right? And that's, separ that's, not, that's not separate from anything because it's all connected like a spider web, right? Where it's like all connected to this conspiracy to erase a population of human beings, right? And I, I get tired of people denying it, but I also get tired of people not like calling it what it is, right? Because it's like, well... They, I, they always call it something else except for what it is. Yep. Yeah, man, because they want buy-in, right? They mm -hmm. want people to like... Because they know, they don't agree it's genocide, the politicians, because they know what happens if they do. The whole world starts looking at them like, yeah, you know what, that is genocide. Ooh, maybe Canada's not so pretty, right? Like, maybe Canada's got some issues. I mean, the experiments that, they do on, that they've done and, God willing, they don't do anymore on Indigenous children, man, like, it's the same as it was in the States, right? And the then with, schools. And then with, with, uh, with black people in the States, experimenting right like what they did god man the, the atrocities that we will f I, I don't know why the modern day people feel like they have to justify that somehow i don't get it like it doesn't make any sense to me right like it, it's like why are we protecting them why do we care about statues right it's not the statues they care about what is it what it is is people don't want to be wrong mm -hmm. right like they don't want to be like proven wrong or told that they're wrong or or, or accidentally they come from a family that was involved, right? Like, heaven forbid, man, I'm just waiting for the day, <laughs> right? Find out, like, someone way back in my family was some asshole, right? But the truth is the truth. If that's what comes out, that's what comes out. It's because they spend, you know, like, white people have lived, like, decades and decades and decades of white superiority, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? You know, with segregation and all that, and to see people of color and minorities 
to do well for themselves, to finally speak out and to mm-hmm. like not take or tolerate any of that no more. Mm-hmm. It makes them uncomfortable because they had that reign of power, but now they're starting to lose it mm-hmm. and they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're scared because of what they did to us mm-hmm. and that they're not, we're not going to take that no more. And that's what mm-hmm. makes them scared. Yep. I think you're absolutely right, man. And I, I also think, and this is something I bander around a bit, I think that when whenever someone says, hey, that's just another liberal snowflake, it's usually a white person who's like empathetic or sympathetic with Black Lives Matter, indigenous rights, like those kinds of things, right? All of a sudden they'll get a label like, oh, you're just like a libtard, right? You must be like, ooh, ultra hippie liberal. Like obviously they're trying to discount the support that people want to be a part of this, right? Like, and to discourage other non-Indigenous people from entering the fray. Because mm-hmm. lots of people don't want to be called a liberal snowflake, right? They have a hard time with that because they take it personally. I don't mind it. It's have been called a couple times. <laughs> I don't mind it, right? Because it, it means that I care. Because that's, that's what they're attacking. They're not attacking my political views because I don't have any. If you ask me what my political view is, the same as my religion, man. Love. Let's love each other. Let's do better right? Because we need to. And, but love is not just like a tree-hugging kind of thing, whereas lots of people think that's what I'm all about, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what I'm talking about is like real love, man, where we, we sit down together, we talk about our darkness, but we also talk about how we don't have to stay in our darkness, right? We talk about how we can move out of it, move forward, like, but we have to be willing to take accountability first, because until then, the one side is going to be coming up against that wall, Right? That wall of, you mentioned it, white superiority or white supremacy, however a person wants to describe it, right? Because frankly, it comes from the same egg anyway, right? Yeah. Did you have more stats, Matt? I, I totally go off on tangents. You can just <laughs> yeah. wave at me and say, dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's okay. Uh, I, I like to get other people's perspective too. Yeah. So well, I, I appreciate yours more than mine. So. <laughs> well, the, the um, nutritional experiments here, mm. I, I got this off of an article right here. You can yeah. actually look this up. But um, nutritional studies and experiments were performed in indigenous communities and residential schools in the 1940s and 1950s. The tests were apparently done, explained Mosby, without the informed consent or knowledge of the indigenous people involved. Mm -hmm. The Canadian government began to send researchers to examine these conditions of hunger uh, hunger in many cases. The researchers found severe malnutrition. Some federal bureaucrats and scientists saw the pervasive malnutrition and hunger experienced by indigenous people as an opportunity to test their scientific theories. Hmm. And another one is, the First Nations nutrition experiments were a series of experiments run in Canada by the Department of Pensions and National Health, now called Health Canada. Hmm. In the 1940s and 50s, the experiments were conducted on at least 1,300 indigenous people across Canada, approximately 1,000 of whom were children. Hmm. That's awful, man. Yeah, that is awful. Like to know that your people were guinea pigs for some sort of experiment makes me sick mm -hmm. and it hurts because, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that don't even, that don't even have not heard about this. Mm -hmm. 100%. Like, you know, like this was done in 2013. Mm -hmm. It's 2021. You know what I mean? So this happened a lot. This is nothing new. 
Yeah. And the residential schools, like with everything that's going on, it's nothing new. This mm -hmm. is something that we've all known mm -hmm. about the bodies being buried. Yep. This, this has been floating around for centuries. I mean, mm -hmm. for decades. Mm -hmm. There was stories and stuff like this. So now that it's actually a trend or it's gone viral, people are actually starting to like take it seriously. But it pisses me off because this is, it is nothing new. This is something mm -hmm. that we've all already knew. It's just yeah. now that more people are starting to find out about it. Yeah. And, and it goes one or two ways. Like, you know, you could tell somebody that this happened and they would deny it. You know? mm -hmm. Or then later on they would find out about it and be like, oh, you were right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. I, I understand that, man. Yeah, it must be, it's validating because lots of us believed already. We, we believe the stories we were told we, because we listened to people telling us stories, right? So for the longest I've been a social worker, I've listened to those stories, right, of residential schools and what happened. I believe, right? So when the numbers came out, I was appalled, but not surprised, right? Because we knew eventually this was going to come full circle. And these, these kids are going to be honored somehow. We're, it's going to come to light, right? Like what honored as best we can, as anyone can at this point, right? Like, but given a proper respect, right? The proper respect. Sorry, I get choked up, man. Like this is hard stuff, right? And I say that having no idea how hard it is, right? For yourself and for your family, right? Um, but, sorry, man. Um, thinking about all those kids just makes me sick. You know, and, and I, I just hope that people, more people will listen and, and believe, right? And, and then get behind helping, you know? Um, I'm really grateful there's lots of private companies that are able to help, help with the radar, the ground penetrating radar and stuff like that. Because do you know if Canada has obligated anything to that? Hmm. Like the government of Canada, I mean? Because last I heard, they weren't going to. It's all private. It's all private? Yeah. Because uh, I think I heard a story where they did, uh, I think it was like some sort of rain or like flood or something that happened. Yeah. And it uncovered a bunch of graves. And they wanted to conduct like like investigation on it. But mm. it's it was put under wraps. Like it was put under the, like swept under the rug. And yeah. it was like, wasn't even bothered until like now. When and was that, that? When did that happen? This was in Saskatchewan, I think. Yeah. And this was like... Because it was a flood? It was yeah, like it was a, a, this was like maybe yeah. seven, six years ago. Okay. And they exposed like graves, unmarked graves. But the government didn't want to do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, it's, it's, been, a, it's been known. It's yeah. just now it's gone viral. Yeah. And, and you, we, we must, we have to admit the government and the church must have known. Because somebody buried those kids. Right? And back in those days, you could barely tell the difference between the RCMP, the church, and the government, right? Because they were all henchmen for one another, doing whatever the government wanted, whatever the crown wanted, right? And so, is it why? I don't understand why it's so hard for people to believe it. Like, obviously, the RCMP are still henchmen. <laughs> like, that has not changed, right? Like, and I'm not suggesting that every RCMP member is a, mem is a henchman. I'm just saying, as an organization, is an organization designed, created, and in place to push down one specific population of humans. And they were originally created to purposely keep Native people in line. Mm -hmm. John A. MacDonald 
created the RCMP to have a personal army against the indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, if study this, you know, if people actually look back and studied all this, mm -hmm. it's history. This is not some leftist, liberal propaganda. This is history. Mm -hmm. This is Canadian history. He created that police force to keep us in control. Mm -hmm. So their whole foundation in creation was based on being like a Gestapo to us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but people and dehumanizing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, to keep us in check, mm -hmm. you know, to take the kids into schools and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when people sit there and say, you know, oh, there is indigenous RCMP officers. Yeah. It doesn't help when you got our own people to, against, to go against our own people. Mm -hmm. It does not help and it does not create any solutions at all. It creates mm -hmm. more problems because you yeah. are using our people as a tool to s oppress us even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now it becomes even more enmeshed when you have the lateral violence, right? Yeah. Which is um, people against each other, right? Like whether it's black people or indigenous people or white people, whoever it is, right? But that's what's going to be created there. Divide and conquer. That's right. And it's still at play, right? Like in every, almost every aspect now that like I've been great, I'm so grateful that I've been able to be taught so much. But now I see it more places, right? I see what yourself, what Darcy, what Darcy's wife, Michelle, has talked about. Like, I see it more prevalent, right? Every day, where it's just one more person who's still thinking that, well, they're just natives, mm. right? Or whatever people say. And mind you, they don't say that to me anymore because they don't get good response. <laughs> it's from that shit with yeah. me. But the truth of the matter is, I still hear it, man. I hear like the um, the remnants of that, like the beginnings of say the RCMP, where it is all about suppression of a populace, right? Like it's all about policing that populace, um, because where where are where is that population mostly outside of cities, mm. right? Mm. Uh, for a reason, they designed it that way. Obviously, it's not as though it was an accident, you know. Um, and so who, who would police them naturally, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, I just think it needs to change. So much needs to change, right? Uh, there's a lot of things that need to change. Yeah. And like w on the, on what you were saying about the lateral violent, uh, violence mm -hmm. is, again, it's residential schools because like, you know, most natives that were indoctrinated or manipulated into religion they held on to those Christianity or Catholic beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, so they were brainwashed. So, and then you got other natives that didn't want, that rejected all that. Mm -hmm. they, they wanted to preserve their, their culture mm -hmm. and their traditions. So again, it's that divide and conquer tactic because you got natives out there that are religious and Christians and mm -hmm. Catholics. And then you got other natives out there that are traditional and that, you know, don't believe in that. So mm -hmm. there's this clash of ideologies and it's all rooted Again, at residential schools and then the mm -hmm. Canadian government or the American government, you know, like it's mm -hmm. just all part of the plan to keep us divided mm -hmm. because, you know, you got as long as you got the people you want under control fighting each other, they'll be too busy mm -hmm. arguing and killing each other that they won't realize who their real enemy is. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on. And it's not just natives, too. Like Agreed. you said, it's blacks, you know, yeah. like. You got a lot of black people that support Black Lives Matter. And you got a lot of, of black course. people that don't support Black Lives Matter. You got, yep. you got black Republicans and you got, you know, black liberals and black Democrats. Mm -hmm. And it's just like 
It's just all this division to keep us fighting each other mm -hmm. or each other instead of focus on the real enemy. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much white versus black, like I always say. It's us versus evil, you mm -hmm. know. People say that World War III will be, you know, war uh, country against country. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, a, it's a spiritual war, mm -hmm. and that's what's going on right now. It's happening already, for sure. And it, you yeah. see it every day you go on TV, you see mm -hmm. something like a, a Karen freaking out, you know what I mean? <laughs> or uh, a, a white person murdering another indigenous person, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or like just crime. You see all these bad things going on in the world, mm -hmm. and you realize that, you know, a lot of things need to change. Mm -hmm. And it's, if people took, took a step back and look at the bigger picture, they would realize yeah. that. Because, you know, like colonialism, capitalism, imperialism, and racism, it's all interwined and it's all connected, mm -hmm. you know. It's all connected. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about paper trail, go back and follow where after, before residential school actually, before residential schools came in place, you had the treaties, you had wounded knee you had all these events yeah. that took place and <clears throat> my biggest issue is when people talk about the indian wars or you know the american indian wars and stuff like that it wasn't so much a war we were defending ourselves mm -hmm. from an invasion so you got to change your perspective on that this wasn't mm -hmm. no native versus european this was european coming to our countries and, and killing us mm -hmm. And people will sit there and say, oh, well, you natives were killing each other before we got here, right? Here's the thing. What were Europeans doing exactly before they came here? Fighting each other. Killing other people, yeah. Killing each other. Yep. So why is it any different when we do it? Because we were uncivilized, you know? Look at the churches back then. Mm -hmm. they, were, they made killing machines for people that didn't believe in them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what was it? The Iron Maiden or like the mm -hmm. Spike cast, you know, all that. We didn't have any of that. You know, we yeah. didn't have any of that. Yeah. I know, but it's interesting how people are quick to point out, like, how uncivilized it is to do it some other way, right? Like, it's uncivilized if you're not using a rack, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, if you're going to torture somebody, you got to have a rack. <laughs> and, like, many, like... Fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> and with, like, the, the... With, you know, native tribes going against other native tribes... Mm. It wasn't like, like that like all the time. It mm. was when Europeans came in contact with us, they began providing other tribes with guns and mm. stuff like that and then can, like, manipulating them. Again, divide and conquer. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. Like, you know, with, I, like, it's, just, it's just we weren't, yes, we, we were killing each other. You know, we were fighting. But it wasn't like that because Europeans were doing the exact same thing. Mm. Most civilizations have warred. And what human being on this planet in, in human existence hasn't killed each other? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't even matter, native, white, black. We all, it's in our nature to, mm -hmm. you know, kill as, as much mm -hmm. as bad as it sounds. It's true. It's in our nature. So white people can't sit there and say, well, you guys were fighting each other because you guys were doing the exact same thing. And it's, hip it's hypocritical. Yeah, well, of course that. it is, man. But white people are super hypocritical. <laughs> Like, that's part of our, like, as far as I'm concerned, I pretty much got, like, my courses, my crash courses in being a hypocrite when I was growing up in the church, right? Yeah. Like, and, I mean, really, there's no better way to say it, right? We will condemn you for doing what we're doing, especially if what you're doing looks different than what we're doing. 
right? Like, yeah. And it's and I say we in the global we of white people everywhere. That's right. I'm speaking for all white people. Um, <laughs> but it's like that that it's just crazy, man. It's so hypocritical, and we do it all the time. I mean, humans do it. Like, don't get me wrong. Most humans can be hypocritical, right? But when we're talking about like the powers that be, which is the the state, right? Which is white dominated, white dominant, right? And white favored, right? Like, I mean, I know I would probably get some people yelling at me for this, but it's true, right? It's um, anyway. I get off on a tangent on that too. I don't want to, but uh, there's um, I don't know where I was going, Darcy. Damn it, Darcy. <laughs> what happened to you, man? Bef know, man. Before our break, you were able to like bounce me back and I'll, I'll let him do some educated shit here. <laughs> and well, sp well, speaking on the topic of uh, white supremacy, mm -hmm. um, um, like with the whole activism thing, in, you know, like today, like what we what do you see what's going on with the, the youth and you know everything that's going mm -hmm. on today a lot of people will look at it like we're we're just crybabies you know what i mean that we're mm -hmm. just looking for a reason to protest or we're looking for a reason to do this and to do that right when we're just tired of being discriminated we're tired of being racial profiled we're tired of being pushed around and treated like less than human being mm -hmm. you know because of our skin color you mm -hmm. know what i mean and for people to sit there and say that race that systematic racism doesn't exist or that racism itself is not real or it doesn't exist and that white supremacy is like doesn't exist you know mm -hmm. what i mean the whole ideal of white supremacy was founded in this country hmm. and in America because colonialism plays a big part in that too. Mm -hmm. And same thing with imperialism. Like, okay, if you really... Well, wouldn't white supremacy kind of be like an offshoot of imperialism? I would say more of um Or of a monarchy offspring. or, yeah, offspring? Yeah, offspring of it. Because if you actually, if you want actually a historical fact, mm -hmm. the first prime minister of this country, John A. MacDonald, always talked about the fear of the race of the Aryan race because the Chinese he said that if we give the Chinese people a chance to live that the Aryan race will die out and that's what he was scared of mm -hmm. so if you actually go back to the first prime minister of Canada yeah you'll see that the roots of white supremacy is implanted in this country mm -hmm. and actually uh, I actually wrote a quote from him John A. Macdonald he says, this, this was him on um, the indigenous people in mm -hmm. the residential schools. So this is what he said. When the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents, who are savages. And though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training mode of thought are Indian. He is simply a savage who can read and write. Indian children should be withdrawn as much from the parental influence and the only way to do that would be to put them in essential training industrial schools where they will acquire the habits and modes of thought of white men. John A. MacDonald, the first prime minister of Canada. And another, Jesus qu another famous quote is, the executions of the Indians ought to convince the red man that the white man governs. Again, the first prime minister of Canada. Jesus 
So, and people were like, "Oh, I wonder why they took the statue down." <laughs> exactly. Like this, Jeez. this dude wasn't even hiding his racism. He yeah. wasn't even hiding the white supremacy. He was boasting about it. He didn't have to back then, right? He didn't have to. It yep. was a normal thing, right? But yep. like, people will sit there and say, "Oh, without him, we wouldn't have Canada. We wouldn't have our great country today." You know what I mean? Hmm. This is what he believed, and this mm. is what you still believe. Some people do, man, for sure. That's and like, like awful. You, you see it in modern politics with mm -hmm. Jason Kenney. You see that with him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can you defend someone like that? And how could you be proud of a country that conducted the murder of my people? Mm -hmm. The ground that you're standing on was built on the blood of my people. Mm -hmm. The bodies of children. What yeah. do you call that? Genocide, man. Exactly. Genocide, 100%. Exactly. And genocide, people will say that, you know, it ha like it's, not, it's, it's over, you know what I mean? But if you look at it, we're actually in the late stages of genocide. Mm -hmm. You know, like we own less than like percentages of our own land, mm -hmm. but yet they still want more. Mm -hmm. They're still running pipelines through indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. Reserves in this country don't even have clean drinking water, you know? So it's, it's very frustrating for people to sit there and say that we make a big deal out of everything. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't make big deals out of everything. It's you people. If mm -hmm. you guys were to stop polluting and stop justifying genocide, then maybe we can move forward. But mm -hmm. no, you know? Yeah, it's just... Uh. And that's a stumbling block, right? Is that you can't move forward until accountability is taken, right? And, and that might mean a, a billion dollars. And who gives a shit? And it should be coming from the Catholic Church as far as I'm concerned right? They could raise a billion dollars in a week to fix a cathedral that didn't need to be fixed. As far as I'm concerned, they could have let that shit fall down, right? But I know, I'm sorry, God, what's out there? You're supposed to help. spend billions of dollars to fix that instead of doing shit that matters, right? Or taking accountability for your bullshit. Like, yeah, and one of the biggest organizations on the planet that just, you know, you know what? We'll give them some money, and what did they end up giving? Like a small percentage of what they promised, right? Mm -hmm. And so, they still haven't done it. And, you know, if, if the government is so uncomfortable with giving us reparations and money, then don't give us the money. Put it in our communities. Mm -hmm. Put it in our education. Mm -hmm. Put it in the, into clean drinking water, you know? Mm -hmm. if, the, if you're so scared of us just pissing it away on nothing, then do it for something good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, put it into infrastructure, man. Exactly. Yeah. And, and jobs. You'll create a bunch of jobs, too. Then, like, that, that's, that's another thing, too, is, you know, they tell us, pull yourself by your bootstraps. Go out there and work for yourself. Work for a living, right? So when we do put ourselves out there, oh, so we can't hire you because you don't have this experience. Or mm -hmm. we can't hire you because you, you don't this, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. it's this loop to keep us in the yeah. system. And when people are desperate enough, they convert to crime, mm -hmm. right? And when you convert to crime, you go to jail. You go to jail, you become another statistic, mm -hmm. you know, and you become another stereotype. So it's, it's And then the people system. stop taking you seriously. Yeah, exactly. Because right? then you're like, oh, well, you're a criminal. You yep. know what I mean? Like many, many, many of the, the youth that you see today, gang violence, drug dealing, all that, it's all rooted because mm -hmm. of the system of oppression. Mm -hmm. You know, you push people desperate enough into a corner they're going to fight back. Of course. You know, or look for a way out. It doesn't, like, any way, like, mm -hmm. crime, prostitution, it doesn't matter. They mm -hmm. will find a way out, like, if they're desperate enough. Yeah. 
And you see that not just with indigenous communities, but mm -hmm. like with everybody, you know, I've seen poor white kids too. Mm -hmm. I've seen white people going through the exact same thing and mm -hmm. seeing that change my reality because it's not just indigenous or black mm -hmm. issues. It's, it's a human issue. It is a human issue, man, because the powers that be, that's the problem with the powers that be is they look at most humans beneath them as less than human, right? Like whether they're white or anything, because there's lots of white people in poverty, right? But the, tr the difference is enormous, right? Obviously, we're, we're going to take out a whole bunch of oppression, racism, slavery, genocide that didn't happen to those white people, but poverty does, right? Mm -hmm. And other things happen right, to white people, of course they do, right? But the reality is racialized humans have had a much different experience on this planet yeah. than non-racialized humans. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, <clears throat> sit there and say that it's only natives and mm -hmm. blacks and minorities going through this, like, because I understand, like, with white people going through their struggles too, but yeah. the only difference But they're not is, the same struggles, so no, we got to no. make sure we say that, Yeah, yes, right? yes. Yeah. You know, like, maybe, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, trailer park communities and stuff like mm -hmm. that, right? But the only difference is, is that we're based on our skin color. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you could be a wealthy native man with long hair, wearing a white suit, driving a nice car, mm -hmm. but you'll still be pulled over by the police because you look native. You know, you would still be called a dirty native or a drunk. More or, likely. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? More likely. Yeah. Same thing with, like, black people, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, they go through the same struggle that we go through, too, with the whole racial thing, and mm -hmm. it, it's, it's upsetting, and it's like, you know, there's people out there that make, make honest money, you know, and mm -hmm. make something on themselves, but they still get pushed down by the mm -hmm. powers that be, so. Well, and then that climb to try to make honest money. Yeah. If it's, I mean, I'm, and this isn't just, again, this isn't just about racialized humans, but about anyone trying to make a living and get out of poverty, on top of that, having racial issues as well, being racialized, stereotyped everywhere you go, right? Like, I mean, for if anyone's out there and you have an opportunity to watch, like if you're white, especially to just watch, just open your eyes, look around the store, pay attention to people who are non-white and how they're interacted with a lot of the time. Now, it won't be all the time. I guarantee it won't be all the time, but it will be sometimes. And if you start paying attention, all it took was for me to open my eyes, man. That's all it took was mm -hmm. to have my eyes opened and to be looking around going, this isn't right. Like, this isn't right. This can't be right. Like, this isn't how it is, but it's how it is, right, in a lot of places. And, and whether it's we won't hire you because you're indigenous, right, or we won't hire you because you're a person of color, like, that stuff exists. How would I know it exists? Only because people have told me, right? How else would I learn it? because I'm not being racialized. And that's one of the things that I really try to remind myself of, right, is that I could not possibly understand what you're going through. Hmm. I couldn't possibly, right? There's only parts of it that I grasp, right? And I hope that's okay. <laughs> I can only grasp so much because this is like, it's, there's only so much I can understand about the whole thing, right? Because I come from that side that has the privilege. And I know I do. Right? Like, um, yeah, so anyway, I, sorry, again, I went off on a tangent. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sorry, man. No. I, I appreciate I, you being here and doing the back and forth. I really okay. do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. I appreciate talking with you. And uh, on the topic of privilege, 
is that, you know, I, I'm glad that white people would, would never have to go through all this, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, with inter intergenerational trauma and residential school, and, you know, like, I wouldn't even wish it on my worst enemy, mm -hmm. but being privileged could be good and bad mm -hmm. because, you know, you could be ignorant towards all the world issues, but you could also step back and, you know, appreciate that you didn't go through this, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you you should be glad that your grandparents or your parents didn't have to suffer through that. So grateful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it should make you appreciate your life more and be more sympathetic towards people like us. Mm -hmm. But then you got the other privilege that are so ignorant towards it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, well, like, like my dad said, he said that, when he goes out, you know, doing his business and stuff, that he sees white people look at him, right? And they would compliment him about, like, his hair or, like, respecting him or giving him that, that acknowledge of presence, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That someone looks at you and gives you that kind look, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he says that he sees that more often, especially with the recent findings of the residential schools mm -hmm. and with the graves and stuff. Yeah. And he sees that people are, are now opening their eyes more. Mm. But... Just because he sees the change, he still feels the hate. Mm -hmm. And it's still there. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what, you know, there's always going to be racist people out there mm -hmm. and ignorant people towards this. And for me personally, this is, this is, this is my belief, but... I'm, I am glad that he's seeing a, a little bit of a shift. Yeah. That makes me happy, man. Yeah, even, because even I, I, I noticed it too. I noticed yeah. it too. Yeah, I, I've noticed it too. But I still feel that, that hatred. Mm. But for me, I don't see peace in my lifetime. Mm. I, d I don't see it in my lifetime or like the next. But, you know, until police stop killing innocent people, until mm. they stop racial profiling us, until they stop beating us, then we can talk about peace. Mm. You know, until white people stop looking at us like we're drunks, until mm. they stop looking at us like we're murderers and rapists and you know just these mm -hmm. bad criminal people then we could talk about peace mm -hmm. but until then i'm going to talk about the dirty and the the bad that i see you know what mm -hmm. i mean and i'm not going to shut up about it because i don't see peace in my lifetime mm -hmm. at all but just because i don't see it doesn't mean i don't believe in it mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean that's obvious i think i shouldn't say obviously but that seems like what you would like right like what we would all like would be peace Right, and that means, but, but peace really means everybody's on the same playing field, right? Same level, and that means peace. And that's why I think you're probably right. We probably won't see it in our lifetimes, right? Maybe not even in our ch children's lifetimes. You but know? you know, just because we're not gonna uh, see it doesn't mean we should believe in it or push it in that direction. Yeah, exactly, we should work towards it, right? Yeah, because you know, like with, if we go back to like, like the 60s and 70s with the counterculture movements and like all the political stuff like the Black Panthers, mm -hmm. the Young Lords, uh, the American Indian Movement and all that, mm -hmm. you know. A lot of people will look at it like, oh, that's old news, you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. That it, it didn't work out, they failed, you know. The Black Panthers were terrorists and this and that, right? Mm -hmm. But they actually did succeed in some way. Because Very much. I'm here talking about it. Mm -hmm. I'm here doing what I have to do for my people. Mm -hmm. 
So they did not fail. They succeeded no. into putting those ideas for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Pushing them forward, man. Like yeah. my heroes have FBI files. Mm -hmm. Asada Shakur, Russell Means, John Trudell, uh, John Truddle, Fred Hampton, Tupac Shakur, Afini Shakur, Matulu Shakur, Leonard Peltier, Martin Luther King, you know, Malcolm X, all those people, mm -hmm. all those people succeeded in some way. They know mm -hmm. Some of them may be in jail, dead, or on the mm -hmm. run, but they succeeded, mm -hmm. you know? And that's what they would want, is us to keep fighting, to yeah. keep moving forward. And like me personally, with, with the American Indian movement, um, my mom's grandpa, it wasn't her biological grandpa. It was a he married into the family. Mm -hmm. He uh, had ties and connections to the American Indian movement, mm -hmm. and he moved here to Sixaga, or I think he did. Or I, I, might, I, I think I have it all mixed up. But mm -hmm. anyways, he he was affiliated with the American Indian movement, yeah. and he brought a chapter from the states to here. So me you know being an activist and stuff like that and even though he wasn't my biological grandfather mm -hmm. i still feel like he passed on some sort of spiritual you know essence towards me mm -hmm. because the american indian movement is one of my favorite topics and it's one of my favorite subjects oh i'm know? glad you brought it up because i heard they came here yeah 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 and there's a, there's other just and it's alive yeah. and it's still going you know what yeah. I mean? it's not they're not they're not done they're mm -hmm. not gone you know it's not history stayed. it's not history they're yeah. still going like it may yeah. not be as big as it was in the 70s and 60s but it's still here you know what i mean it's had to change i'm sure right yeah with you know with because like the fbi you know dismantling it colantel pro rcmp yeah so like in a way they did succeed mm -hmm. for us to be here and they're, they're my heroes you know what i mean they were my heroes. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would be mm -hmm. radical or like a, an activist because like they really took pride in their native heritage and they took pride in that and they wanted to preserve their culture and traditions and all that. Mm -hmm. And they were fed up. The bottom line is that people were fed up with mistreatment and racism that they just they decided hey we're not going to take this no more mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna organize we're gonna build our own communities and we're gonna stand up and you know uh advocate for our our human right mm -hmm. you know because look we were lynched murdered beaten you know you put our children in the ground you killed our grandfathers you killed our ancestors and you expect us to sit back and take it, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the type of attitude that they had. And it wasn't just the American Indian movement. It was the Black Panthers, too. Mm -hmm. You know, they were fed up with slavery. They were fed up with being lynched and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they formed their own communities. And you know what happens, you know, the history of this is the government and police, they see this and they think, we need to put an end to this. Mm -hmm. We need to stop this. So what do they do? They they infiltrate each group and they dismantle it from within mm -hmm. and then they frame us for it. And then classify it as terrorism. Exactly. Like yeah. 
We know with people today saying the Black Lives Matter movement is a terrorist organization, they still give me those 1950s and 60s vibes that the mm. Black Panthers were terrorists. Mm. Like, it's no different. Mm. You know what I mean? You had people, FBI informants, snitches and ratches, uh, rats in those organizations, you know, mm -hmm. planting ideas in them and then blaming an entire organization. And it's still happening. And it still happens today. Yeah. You know, it happens I mean? to the Black Lives Movement, right? Yeah. Like there's provocators. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And that's uh, and that's the thing that I think all movements have to be careful of, right? Because there's that insidious nature by the government to dismantle everything that's opposite oppositional, right? And they're going to do whatever they can to do that, you know. And they've shown us that they will, right? They'll infiltrate. They'll they'll do whatever they need to do to dis to discount a movement that might actually make some good, right? If, especially if it's counterculture, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And like, speaking of counterculture, you know, what you saw back then in the 60s and 70s with that whole movement and stuff, right? With the protests and everything, it's the same thing that's going on today. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I call this the modern counterculture because mm -hmm. it's like every decade, there's always values that go out the window mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's 2021 so we're throwing up the old decades values and mm -hmm. we're moving towards a new decade mm -hmm. of valuables and it's a good thing it's mm -hmm. a good thing I, I like the fact that people are now encouraged enough to speak out mm -hmm. right, and to advocate and stuff because like mm -hmm. May, uh, there were activists. I'm not saying that it, the activism is like, you know, on an all-time high. It's always been yep. activism. You know what I mean? Yep. But this stuff wasn't as big as it was like in like 2013, 14, 15. It's way more visible mean? now, man. It is way more visible yeah. now. And like back then, we were, well, my generation, we were just kids when, you know, Tamir Rice and like all those other uh, victims of, uh, police brutality mm -hmm. and victims of you know killings we were kids seeing that stuff online mm -hmm. you know and it it made us sick and it made us realize that this is a reality you know not just for black kids but for mm -hmm. indigenous kids too mm -hmm. and it was it's a scary thought being a young indigenous kid and thinking that you can be killed just for holding a, a, a bag of skittles you mm -hmm. know or a toy gun mm -hmm. and it, it is a reality you know like it's, yeah, it's, it's a scary reality for mm -hmm. me. And it changes your perspective on, on life. Of course, man. How could it not, eh? Yeah. Do you, is there anything else? How, what time are we at? One hour. Is there anything else you want to talk about, man? Because uh, we're not in a rush. Oh, yeah, I, I, I got some got things I got to say. Too. And how, how I would like to finish this, you could probably edit this out, but how, how I would like to finish this is just with Dom talking. And, and, just, and then I'll, I'll thank you. But I, I don't want to talk after you. I want you to finish it off. Okay. If that's okay. 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 And, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to share, like, with the missing and murdered indigenous women, too. Mm -hmm. And that's another, another issue that needs to be talked about more, mm -hmm. you know. Because, you know, like, if you're going to talk about residential schools and all this, you need to talk about the other issues, like, you know, with the pipelines and the mm -hmm. MMIWG and... I just wanted to share some statistics quick. Sure, please. Okay, so if you're an indigenous woman in Canada, life, in, life expectancy is five years shorter 
you are at least five times more likely to be murdered. You report three times the level of violent victimization. You are three times more likely to live in poverty. You are three times more likely to live in unsafe or adequate housing than non-Indigenous women. Indigenous women make up 4.3% of the population, but 11.3% go missing and 16% of all female homicides in Canada were of Indigenous women and girls. Jeez. So if that isn't a real crisis, then I don't know what is. Mm. You know? And on the topic of Indigenous women, I just want to say something. Is that I love, I love Indigenous women. I, I love Native women, you know? So I'm going to be defensive and I'm going to stick up and defend my women. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just because I stick up and support Native women does not mean I don't like white women mm -hmm. or like discriminate other women. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's but not one or the other. Yeah, it, it's because the fact that Indigenous women are more likely to be victim of anything, you know, sexual, mm. uh, sexual assaults, murders, domestic violence, and like harassment, you know, and for me to stick up for them is not me putting down other women, mm -hmm. you know. I had a friend who, who got offended because I called her a settler, or I didn't call her directly a settler, I was like just justifying like... You were using settler as Settler a as a term, as a historical yeah. term, right? And all I said was settler women. And this is another friend that I was really close to, like really, really super close mm -hmm. to. And I res had respect for her and she had respect for me. So I thought she would understand about what I was doing, about the activism and stuff. So I was trying to explain to her that, that how me empowering Native women is not me discriminating white women or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And she told me specifically that settler Settler, the word settler, is a racist slur. And that she said that how it's equivalent to the N-word. She said that her black cousins don't like being called the N-word the same way that white girls don't like being called settler. I had, I, I, I couldn't find... I got no answer, man. I, I, got nothing. I couldn't find the words for yeah, that. I got nothing. Because... <laughs> I tried to explain to her, like, it's not a racist slur. You know what I mean? It's a historical term. Mm -hmm. And if you look in the dictionary or anywhere, it's a historical term. It just means people that settled here, you know? Mm -hmm. And she tried to make it saying that I was being racist, you know? And, well, I wasn't. I was trying to explain something to her. And mm -hmm. she blew it out of proportion. And... I just want to be known that I am not anti-white whatsoever. I am mm. not ignorant. I don't think you're anti-white, dude. You talk to me. I'm both white as they come. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like people get the wrong impression because they base me on what I post, mm. and, but they don't actually talk to me. You know, mm. They don't sit there and ask me why I think a certain way or why I think like that. Mm. They just jump down my throat because I said something that hurt their feelings. Mm. You know? And I did want to share this too, Rick. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, right here is this. Uh, don't judge me by what you see in my social media. Me representing my people 
whether it's empowering them, telling them to defend themselves, fight back, be prideful, and don't tolerate hate, shouldn't be interpreted as me spreading hate. I've never been nor condoned hatred or violence against white folks. The only issue I have are those outright racist, ignorant, white supremacists and to the fake allies who claim to be down with the cause but get offended by the things we BIPOC say. If you're white and wanting to show support and help movements, then being uncomfortable is part of it. It's not that we're trying to make you feel ashamed or guilty. It's to make you understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, man. And I've seen a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of white, white allies that claim to be supporting the cause and stuff, right? But then feel the need to police or gatekeep everything you say, mm-hmm. you know? And there is a lot of allies out there that are fake. They're only doing it because it's trendy. You know what I mean? Or that well, obviously, yeah. this new thing going on. And they have their cool. reasons, right? Yeah. So, or, or clout. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like chasing that. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it hurts the cause. And it, it, it actually divides us even more because then you got native, more native activists out there that won't support or won't n- feel the need to have white support. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because... It, it drifts us even further from each other mm-hmm. because I can't speak for everybody, but like for me in my case, right? If I was more ignorant and like an, like an asshole, pardon my language. It's okay. But um, I could easily sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to be strictly native and only native. You know what I mean? And then I don't care about white support or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that would, that would hurt me too because half of my followers are like are white you know what i mean mm-hmm. and at a time like this we need the support you know what i mean mm-hmm, we so, got to yeah so like we in a way we need white people to not be offended by the things we say mm-hmm. you know by the things that we do and it's not that we're trying to be racist or ignorant or discriminate it's just the you have to understand the distrust with white people and native mm-hmm. people. We never had a good relationship, you know? And yeah. sure, there were nice white people out Obviously, there. Obviously, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. Like, and, and me being so-called anti-white, I wouldn't be here talking to you, mm-hmm. you know? And I've never been about hate, hating white people. I've never been about that. So I don't know why people feel the need to sit there and base me on what I post. And, you know, interpret it as me being anti-white. I think it's, it might be, and I'm just going to wager a guess because I'm a white guy and I can wager a guess at this side of the argument, that's for sure. Um, I think white people take it personally, man, and they don't need to, right? Because why I can laugh at it and not just laugh at it but learn from the stuff that's serious is because I'm not taking it personally. I'm not like, oh, Dom, saying this about Dave, right? But that's what some of us do. We'll be like, oh, yeah, obviously this is about me, right? Because... What's one thing that comes along with uh, being a little bit privileged is we're the center of the universe too, Dom, <laughs> right? So when we read something sometimes, and on top of that, we were told by the church we are the center of the universe, okay? That we are special, hmm. right? And if you're a Christian or any sort of religious affiliation, each of those groups are told they're special, right? And so I don't know where I was going with that, but the reality is we just take it personally. Yeah. And long story short in a circle 
we like to take things like, obviously, you're talking about me. Yeah. That's how we've come up with Karens, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Is, that's, that's another issue is Karens. You it's know a sense I mean? of entitlement, yeah. right? We're, we're entitled to have it better than everybody else, right? It's not true, but that's the feeling that some of us have right? Some of us have it and we act on it. Some of us have it and we ignore it because we realize how stupid it is, right? To be any human thinking you're better than anyone, right? Is ridiculous, right? So now I'm going to shut up because I said I was going to shut up. (laughs) Um, Dude, I want to thank you for coming on and I would like to ask you to close us out with whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Um, Actually, uh, I was going to start this whole thing off with um, introducing myself. And I kind of just jumped in. This is perfect, though, to do it now. You introduce yourself at the end. Everybody would be like, oh, that's who this guy is. Okay. So, like, Oki, my name is First Light. And that is my traditional Blackfoot name. It's First Light. It's pronounced Itumegan, which translates to First Light. And my colonial name is Dominic. And I've been on this journey of, I've been on this spiritual journey and this personal journey to decolonize myself and to take those baby steps into reclaiming my indigenous roots. And I started that when my grandma gave me my Blackfoot name and when I started growing out my hair because the one important thing with indigenous cultures is our hair you know it's it's very sacred to us mm-hmm. is our hair so me you know being a height maintenance person uh, so called <laughs> i i always got haircuts and stuff you know what i mean to keep my my image up you know to be accepted into white society but i've learned to accept myself first mm-hmm. you know what i mean and to slowly recreate well, sorry reclaim my language mm-hmm. and my culture and my traditions and my values so i started with growing my hair and making small changes in my life like quitting smoking like i i quit mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes back in february oh congrats man yeah and i feel great like i, I feel yeah. super great i feel more healthier and congrats that's a big one man yeah well I, i've been smoking since i was um 16 years old, mm-hmm. 2015 December, and I just quit in February, and I feel so much great. I feel more healthier, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm eating more better now too, and I actually wanted to bring this up too. Was um, I've watched your videos on YouTube, the Let's Talk About Grief, and then mm-hmm. with with your dad, and then your other one, the Bell Talk. Oh yeah, yeah. Bell Let's and, Talk. Yeah. Um, your what you were saying about like how, you know like exercising and diet and all that like you know it sometimes it's not enough but sometimes mm-hmm. it, it helps yeah that's what made me start working out again okay like right on man yeah like and your video actually really motivated me to do that and oh i'm I, glad I, I started doing that i started you know doing make home workouts and stuff mm-hmm. and um I, f- I feel great like i feel super great after quitting smoking and right on and uh, like just know being healthy and staying in shape and stuff so yeah i just want to say you know thank you for thank you for doing that your videos you oh know? man you're and, welcome thank you for thank you for watching them dude like we were talking about it earlier how we just enjoyed being able to put that out there for people and hopefully it was helpful right 
Thank you, man. Thanks for saying that. And you know, before I end this too, mm -hmm. I brought my um, my graduation speech. Mm -hmm. uh, this was uh, when I was in leadership. Back in 2019, I, I joined a leadership program at school. And um, you know, I joined it because it was extra credits, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I wanted to get that extra credit. So I had no intentions of being whatever, so I joined it. But I guess I, I really blew their minds and mm -hmm. blew them away that they awarded me with the leader of tomorrow at my graduation. Oh, right yeah. on. So like, um, I had, I had two graduations that day or oh, three, actually I had yeah. that third, oh, that Wednesday was my indigenous grad. Mm -hmm. And then that Thursday was my school, uh, school grad. And that Friday was my leadership grad. So mm -hmm. I had a busy week that That's a busy week. Yeah. So, but for the leadership grad, they asked me to write a speech, and mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that today. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. We can finish this with the speech. Thank you for sharing this with us. Okay, so. There was a time in my life where I didn't think I'd be where I am today. Most importantly, I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for my trials and tribulations. I had every reason to give up and call it quits. It seems like it was just yesterday that I was just another poor native kid with a bleak future and nothing but pipe dreams. My only real concern was how I was going to see the sunshine the next day. It wasn't until I was 14 when I found my essence, my so-called destiny. I simply did not want to be a product of my environment. I wanted my environment to be a product of me. So that day forward, I put on a suit and I vow to be a better man with every day on this earth. I stand here before you today to deliver my declaration of honor by delivering this speech to remind my fellow peers that no matter what happened in your past, whether it's battling your personal demons or even struggling to find the strength to smile, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you'll be able to come back and stand 10 times stronger than before. Tupac Shakur once said he was a rose that grew through concrete from concrete. The way that I see it, we're all roses that grew from concrete, meaning despite the hardships and heartaches we all go through, we prevail regardless of where we come from. Out of the many astonishing quotes that Tupac Shakur has said in his brief lifetime, this one that gets me out of bed, death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss, in, the greatest loss is what dies inside while still alive. Never surrender. So I encourage all the strong leaders in this room to sharpen your mind, to stay true to yourself, to look out for the people who need support, to keep your eyes on the prize, to become the best versions of yourself, and to live every day like it's your last, because tomorrow isn't promised. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for anyone, due to the fact that life itself is a never-ending plot twist. Our duty as leaders is to endure the suffering, to dust ourselves off and put on a smile and laugh at the voice that says, give up. It's in our ability to strive through every dark night to see a beautiful tomorrow. All my success and good fortune comes from Creator, who stands above me and still continues to bless me with another day. Also, I would like to give credit to my mother, who gave birth to me at age 16. And for me, just to be able to stand here and speak, I proved everyone who ever doubted her wrong. Because without my queen, I wouldn't be the man you're looking at. I 
would like to end this speech by quoting from Chief Sittenbull, who is one of the many leaders who I look up to, and it goes like this. Inside of me are two dogs. One is mean and evil, and the other is good, and they fight each other all the time. When asked which one wins, I answer, the one I feed the most.